Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, football agers. Yeah, yeah, you're, you sound good. Everyone, we have landed everywhere we're supposed to land and maybe a couple places where we weren't supposed to land. But I know that we're on the TGA unofficial Facebook page, and this is TGA unofficial live. I am Scott uh, from Creative On Purpose, Guardian number 112, and I'm here with my pal Vivica to talk to Dr. Nixitello. Vivica, how are you? Good. Thank you, Scott. Hi, everybody. Vivica Valley Spread Strategies, guardian number 10, um, here with Nick and very excited to uh, to hear what he has to say and share with us. Dr. Nick Sotelo, please introduce yourself to everyone and uh, let us know, you know, how long you've been a guardian and, um, you know, what you've been up to and what you're doing. So for our, our viewer, uh, Apologies for the uh, technical difficulties. Usually my fault, but in this case, uh, <laughs> I came early to make sure it wasn't yeah, me. In this case, it's not me. We're we're hoping that Nick is able to uh, get his um, his Wi-Fi signal boosted to the point where we can at least get him back on audio. And if 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 we fail, we'll uh, shut down and and reboot um, either right away or or at another time really soon. Scott, do you want to um, do you want to share a little bit about October twenty fourth and what you just shared with me? Sure. <laughs> you don't have to. I'll. Uh, yeah, Nick just disappeared, probably to try to come back in. So I'll just I'll share the lineup coming up. We've got you know Nick Sotelo here today. We've got um, uh, coming up uh, next week. We've got um, Dwayne. I believe that's when we have. Dwayne on Friday the 29th. Uh, the following Tuesday the 3rd, we've got Jake Anderson. Um, got Joseph Robertson coming up on October 10th. We're, we're going to take a break on October 17th. I'll be out of town at the Super Duper Cheap Ads book release uh, with Laurel Portier, Lucas Roszewski, and um, Brandon Straza in Arizona. And then uh, on the 24th, potentially, um, Blake Schofield will be joining us. Uh, Blake and I have been having a little back and forth about um, some things on social media that we're going to unpack together. It's going to be really interesting. And uh, But uh, date, date so far is tentative. And Scott babbled his way through <laughs> Nick's absence. He's back. Can you hear us okay, Nick? I'm getting there. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah. So we'll just uh, we'll just do a reboot on your um, on your answer to Vivica's question about yep, who are we get to. You want me to just go right into it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for the technical difficulties. Um, so yeah, it's a, it can be a little bit of a complex question to, for me to answer. What, what do I do? Why do I do it? How, how do I do it? Um, but what I can say is. I've been blessed to be part of the Guardian Academy for, it time flies and COVID makes everything blurry, but uh, it's been probably about a year and a half, uh, I would say. Uh, it's been along for the right here. So I'm actually in my uh, university office that I don't use that much. That, that is one thing that I do. Is I, I am a university professor, but I'm trying to make this work on the backside of another uh, meeting that I have. So that's not in my normal environment uh, for doing this type of thing, so I, I apologize there. So, 
In addition to being a university professor, I teach clinical mental health uh, counseling to graduate students. I'm also a coach and, you know, pr primarily a mindset and clarity coach. And, uh, you know, as of late, uh, I have been picking up some signals uh, around receptivity, kind of like the, uh, from Dr. Jeff Spencer type receptivity around helping specifically men uh, overcome anger issues in, in their life. And I see that as a problem that somebody is really hung up around anger, then uh, it's problematic in multiple areas of their life. And it's usually linked to stuff in the past, residue in the past. So helping somebody kind of unpack that and again, uh, more of a CCA principle, right? But you can use that. Uh, you can put it in your trunk, the things from your past, or you can put it in the gas tank and use it for fuel. I, I like that uh, metaphor there as well. So a little intro to, to, to me and, and who I am and, and what I do. So I'll throw it back to either one of you to keep the probing uh, moving along. Well, I think you've, you've, you've articulated um, a situation that many of us, uh, you know, that are self-employed, as solopreneurs, freelancers, coaches, what have you, um, in, in that we, we end up often doing many things in order to make ends meet. So I appreciate that part of your share. I, I'd be really interested to hear, you know, as someone that's been in this community um, for a while, certainly longer than I have, um, you are you shared um, Randy Massengale's idea from CCA, but is there a particular um, Guardian Academy philosophical principle that that you find that you're going to um, you know more often than others or one that you've really kind of built uh, you know used as a foundation to, to build your approach around the anger management piece in, in particular yeah I think that um, uh, so part so part of clarity right is is closer uh, versus more right and then uh, you know, helping people to realize that it's it's about making their current setup as efficient as possible, as opposed to uh, trying to add something. You know, to, to to build more, be more, or chase more, or to or to ten x something, right? And so, uh, I've fallen into those things, right? I've I've listened to that type of advice in my own life at, at certain parts, and you know, maybe it, it worked out in some areas, but when you actually kind of humble yourself and step back a little bit, you realize that it probably did more wreak more havoc, caused more chaos than than what it was worth. And so, you know, that idea of you know biasing closer uh, over more, optimizing before you maximize, and how do you do all that? Well, you, you do that with micro steps, right? I think that's the one of the basic skill sets is is uh, you know. Minimizing your risk by taking the, the next uh, smallest action possible for the purpose of, of gathering data and feedback, I think has been huge. Uh, definitely been present as I've been pushing forward with uh, my anger resolution program. Nice. Any, um, so are there any philosophies, guardian or otherwise, I mean, that you struggle with implementing or you see your clients maybe struggle with implementing? I think it's really that I, um, I think most people that walk around don't know who they are. They don't know what they want. I think that we 
assume those things in our life based on our major influences in, in our lives up to this point, right? And so it's really about, and so if you don't know who you are and if you don't know what you want, Oh no, that was going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> you really left us hanging on that one. Yeah. Uh, that was going to be good. Oh, well, we're waiting for. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> we know you did this one on purpose. You created a lot of cards. We're all leaning in. We're waiting for the punchline. Go, Dr. Nick. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that, that I see that my clients struggle with is that where, where we're at? Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the clarity piece, right? I think that, you know, again, most people walking around, they don't know who they are and they don't know what they want. And so, therefore, that they live life by default. Uh, that's how people uh, spend decades in careers and hate it. And that's where burnout, you know, comes from. Uh, and so, really, it's it's helping people uh, establish uh, clarity around who they who they actually are and what is it that they actually want. And those are easy words, uh, but it's very difficult for an individual to actually get real with, with those two things, in, in, in my experience. Yeah, well, as someone that's working on a book that's called Start With Who, I, I could not agree with you more. Um, I, I'm just, I'm curious to unpack this a little bit more just because it's a subject near and dear to my heart. Um, Absolutely. One of the things that I found, found when I was uh really working on the an offer around the coaching business prescription, which was helping people create more system reliability by dialing in the core elements of their coaching business, which I, I asserted were an irresistible offer, an eager audience, and a 30-minute-a-day a, a, a sales success strategy. Um, people, clients... Some clients had a lot of clarity about what their program was and what their offer was and what, who their audience was. And so dialing those things in was somewhat easy. There were a lot of other clients that had a lot of difficulty arriving at clarity at any of those pieces. And I, I ultimately decided that that had a lot to do with the fact that um, they hadn't begun with the fundamental piece, which was know thyself, like, who are you? What are you good at? Where do you belong? And so my shift has been to help people, you know, with that clarity piece that you're talking about trying to um, get it, get started, or find find a starting point and get some traction with who am I? What are my core values? What are my guiding principles? What's my vision for my life? Um, you know, what am I good at? Not the skills I necessarily learned in school and on the job, but um, the, my kind of unique talents or gift that I've possessed, you know, ever since I exited the womb that might have expressed through things, through skills I learned in school and on the job. And then where do I go to find the people who share my values and need their talents? Um, and it is, it is super challenging for people to wrestle with this. And I think it's not their fault because I think what we're doing is we are, we are competing with our programming as, you know, we're, we're programmed for survival, fight, flight, or freeze. And then on top of that, we're conditioned by 
institutionalized education and occupation to try to fit in. We want to know where we where we where we stand and what's expected of us. So we want the roadmap. So I'm I would love to hear if if you want to push back on any of that, please, uh, by all means. But I would love to hear more about like how do you help your clients um, start to navigate that you know essential piece, but really challenging piece of who am I? Yeah. I, and I think it's it's not one way. I think that's another thing, especially as a coach, is that you have to learn different strategies for helping people sift through their own stuff, right? And so, uh, so just you know, whatever one I, I I dive into for those that are you know listening, uh, that, that there's multiple ways of doing this. But uh, I mean, one way is just the it's. Uh, and as a counselor, I'm trained as a counselor. I'm trained in a, as a, uh, a mental health clinician. And along the way, we got trained. I got trained to, to never ask the why question, right? Because why puts people on the defensive. It makes them have to, you know, prove to you about what they've done or said, right? So the why question was was very much off uh, off limits. More so in the coaching world, though, the, the why question came back around, uh, and so. You know, asking people on the surface, well, well, you know, what do you want? And then they gave you a list of things. Well, then it's, well, why do you want those things? Right? Well, why do you, you know, now that you've given me a second answer, what, why do you want that? What makes that important? Right? And you, and you keep, so that's one way of helping people kind of look at themselves or look at their choices, look at their behaviors, is to really get them to think about critically why am I doing what? Why, why did I say this was important in my life? Or, uh, because oftentimes, if you, if, if they don't punch you, if you're, if you're live, they don't punch you in the face, right? If you're face to face with them, uh, but they'll, they'll see that they don't, they don't actually really know, right? This is also uh, something I learned through Never Split the Difference with Chris Voss, kind of a, a, another uh, person that's, you know, loosely attached to us in the, in the Guardian Academy, right? But, uh, you know, hostess negotiates in such a situation. It's, it's asking them, uh, what, okay, then, then what are you going to do? Well, then what's next? And ultimately, um, nobody has a perfect plan thought out. And if you can get them to that point of, gosh, I don't know what's next, then they're more open to uh, listening to what you might have to suggest to them, right? So kind of uh, same idea, be a different vein, right? So, you know, getting them to initially to tell you what's important to them and then just asking them why. Wait, what makes that important? How has that been important to you before? Uh, you can do the inverse. What frustrates you? Right? What's frustrating about what's going on in your life? And why is that? Right? And so, but I really think it's, so this is where I, I listen to you, um, Scott and Seth, go to kind of go back and forth. Your, your calling, is it, is it something that's there or something that, you know, discovered? Uh, so I would have an inter- interesting conversation there. But I am... I am the, uh, you know, the statue of David is, is encased in this marble and it's our job to release it. I think that's Michelangelo very much that of that idea around this, that, you know, who you are is there. And it's, it's yeah, getting there is about removing all the unnecessary aspects that either you've picked up along the way or you haven't been able to, to shed or shake through uh, your life process thus far. Mm-hmm. I think one thing, too, that you can tie in and. I tied this in with, with a family member the other day is like out of bumpers, the intention intervention gap, right? 
like what are you doing though because you're saying this but you're doing that so so where are you really at and who are you really identifying with right because these are your actual actions so i think i think bumpers is a great tool um to kind of bring out some clarity based on what you're already kind of doing with your with your day-to-day so i love that clarity is that's one thing that that tga has done for me too is kind of made me kind of really decide and and kind of intro get introspective on what what i really want to do or who i really want to you know be on the day-to-day so so clarity is huge um definitely a light bulb moment there though um nick what um talk to us i guess about um anger resolution and and what that is and, and how that all works sure absolutely well um in, in my previous career in, in corrections and working with predominantly males, uh, I, I, I worked with a lot of angry young men. And, you know, I myself was, uh, you know, pretty even keeled until I wasn't. And then there was a definitely a, you know, volcano type anger that uh, could erupt. Sometimes there'd be some rumblings before it erupted. Sometimes it would seem to just, you know, come out of nowhere. You know, the, 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 the top was blown off. So so I've learned, I'm certified in, in a bunch of different, you know, strategies and uh, all those things related to, to anger management and anger control. You'll notice my program is called Anger uh, Resolution because what I learned along the way is that, and this is, a, you know, Dan Nicholson rigging the game, stop watering the weeds, right? Um, where... You can have coping tools, you can learn to control uh, things, but if the root of anger is still there, then you're always in this maintenance mode, right? You're always you're always maintaining uh, this aspect of you that's destructive, and if you're not constantly putting energy into the maintenance mode, well, then it'll, it'll come back and you'll have a big problem on your hand, right? And so I, what I think most anger control, most anger management is, is about helping uh, people manage anger as it as it currently is active in their life versus helping them to really again clarity on who they are uh, so my you know my program then is split into three phases and the first phase is, is the clarity phase right it's who are you what is we're going to define what anger is and then we're going to define your specific relationship uh, to anger uh, because if you don't know that and then you try to pick your, your classical anger management tools, you're, you're just guessing, right? And so if we can do a little bit more front-end work about who you are, defining what anger is, and then understanding your specific relationship with anger, then we can pick much better tools uh, to help you with that first phase, which is really about, uh, you know, teaching you what to do when you become angry is, is the first phase. And that's, there's a big missing piece there in, in standard anger management. Uh, anger control. They don't put enough front end work on the clarity piece around who you are. Right. Second phase is about building your resilience. Right. Because uh, anger is a normal feeling state. So I'm not trying to remove anger from somebody's life, uh, but I am trying to reorient them to what it actually is. It's a signal on the dashboard. It's telling you, hey, there's something going on in your immediate environment right now that needs your attention. That, that's all it is. It's not. It's not good or bad. It's just part of the normal. Uh, human experience. Uh, Scott was talking about that earlier, right? The, the way that we're hardwired. Four primary feeling states, mad, sad, glad, and afraid. 
we have to master those before we can go on to things that we call emotions. In my opinion, I'm a little bit weird by drawing that distinction. Second phase is about resilience then. So if you can build your own uh, physical, mental, uh, psychological, spiritual resilience, then less things in life will trigger that destructive anger, right? So this is just taking care of holistic health in, in, in that part. Uh, third phase is the resolution phase. In my experience, that if somebody has an enduring problem with anger, it's been a problem for a while. Uh, it's usually linked to forgiveness. Uh, you, you, there's, a, there's a need for forgiveness in your life. It's about forgiving yourself for the things that you've done in the past. And that's also uh, forgiving uh, the people that have hurt you, that have uh, violated you. So walking people through a structured uh, forgiveness process is the is the third phase there. So that's that's anger resolution at a high level. Uh, just talking about the the three different phases that are that are present and active there. Really powerful. I, I, I want to circle back a little bit to something that you, I want to highlight something that you said that I think is really essential, um, especially for any of the, the 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 coaches or teachers or um, community leaders that are in the that are tuning in. And that is you kind of express this idea of you have to go in and meet people where they are. And, you know, so often we see, you know, people that, um, you know, we, we like to call gurus that have a prescriptive solution to everyone's problem. Do this thing and you will get this result. And, um, prescriptive solutions tend to not work very well because we are, uh, every, each and every one of us is a many splendored being. We are loaded with, uh, contradictions and conflicts and, uh, conflicting, um, aspirations and, uh, you know, different needs, wants, dreams and desires, skills, etc. So I love that idea of really meeting people where they are, but it also reflects, I think, um, on that clarity piece that you've talked about, which is so important. And I guess it's not so much a question, but just, you know, there, I think any, any coach is helping a, a client arrive at some clarity and then earn confidence in navigating their way from where they are to where they want to be through the challenges that they have. There's a piece about that, that springs to my mind that I'd love to hear you comment on. Um, that speaks to this meeting people where they are, being present, listening, paying attention, and that is helping helping people become aware, right? How how often are we just navigating our lives unconsciously on autopilot, reacting based on our programming and conditioning? And the first thing that sometimes we have to do, and maybe it's just a piece of that clarity piece, is we have to become aware that there's a problem because until we identify the problem and articulate it in an ad ad objective way, um, it's not a solvable problem. It's a problem, you know, that I, I like to say we have to get the, we have to identify the problem so that we can work the problem instead of letting the problem work us. And that awareness piece then helps, I think, create the clarity about here's what we're actually working on. And you spoke to this too. It's like people want money or status or whatever these things they say they want but is that i love your approach like why do you want that why do you want that it's not usually what they really want it's what they think that thing will get them yeah. that they really want so i, I that, that that was just a yeah 
a, a, a thought vomit. I'm going to let you sort it out, Dr. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so when you were talking about that, it reminded me kind of where I was anchored in that the, the circular questioning piece. And it comes from, you know, Michael Singer in his book, The Untethered Soul, right? And uh, he, he does this thought exercise when he's working with people. If you find him on YouTube, you can see him do it. Uh, but he does it live as well. But he'll, he'll talk to somebody and say, uh, you know, give me a list of all the things that you want. Right? Give me, give me five things right now. Give me, give me five things that you want. People list those five things. He's like, okay, uh, here's the deal. I will make those five things appear in your life right now under one condition, that you will be utterly miserable even though you have those things. And you got it? You got those five things? One condition, you're going to be utterly miserable? My next question is, do you still want those five things? Right? And most people will say, well, no. Okay, well, then what is it that you actually want? Right? And so, uh, so I, that's, that's impacted me along the way. And, and I, don't, I don't prescribe that book often, um, but I, ha- I do. It's, it's in the repertoire for sure. And when I bring that book out for people, when I feel like it's a good fit, uh, the untethered soul, uh, they usually come back and thank me profusely around that. So that was a thought there. Another thought that I had was uh, more specific to the awareness piece, right? And again, this is stuff that I borrowed from my training in, in uh, you know, classical CBT type stuff, right? And so. Going back to anger resolution, that first phase, right? I have to list out the, the top 10 triggers for anger. And most people say, well, it's one or two. Yeah, but I want you to list out your top 10, right? Because it forces them to step back and, and, and think about it in more in depth. And there might be only you know, a handful, right? But if I just say, okay, you got it, don't, you can skip over it. Well, then they won't do the work. And inevitably, there's something there that they haven't thought about or, or, or they're missing. And then I have them run through the, the most recent. Uh, destructive anger episode, and we break that down in a, in a behavior analysis chain that I've learned again through my CBT training. Uh, and so we talk about these, you know, when you woke up that morning, what was going on, right? Talk about your vulnerabilities and what, what what happened through the day, and then what was the trigger, and what were your thoughts and feelings attached to that trigger, and then what was your behavior, and then teaching people how to analyze their own behavior through a behavior chain analysis uh, is a, is that part of uh, boosting their awareness. And th- this applies you know, to anything. It, it doesn't have to be related specifically to anger. Right? It can be any situation that you can walk yourself through. What are your triggers? Where are they in, uh, present in your environment? How do you learn to recognize, manage, escape, and cope with them? And then look at uh, episodes in your life and run yourself through a behavior chain analysis. And so that's what I use on that first level uh, to help people boost their personal awareness about what's going on. Love it. I I don't typically get angry. I'm I'm usually real just chill. But um but I was in a car accident years ago and I hit my head like a hundred million times. And for the immediate I was in the hospital having seizures for like three days, whatever have you. So I, I had um concu- like concussion uh, right. post concussion syndrome, stuff like that. And I remember just breaking out into some of the biggest anger fits you know and i would 
literally cry right after because I'm like, why am I so angry? Because I'm never angry. And the doctor's like, your brain's swollen. Like you got, it's just swollen. You're in pain. Like you just got to sleep. And he told me just keep sleeping as much as you possibly can. But I remember having these moments where I would just, just literally just uh, like unleash on someone and it was just not me. And it would just be totally emotionally just like devastating after the fact. And I remember calling someone that I yelled at and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, this is not me. So I guess my question is how does trauma um, affect people's anger? And are there things that they can do to help them, you know, in those moments? Yeah, I'll definitely answer that. But I also want to point out that you just described what I call the destructive anger cycle, right? People get caught in this vicious cycle. And for you, it was organically induced because of a brain injury. Uh, but oftentimes it's it's psychologically induced because of trauma and it follows the same cycle, right? So if you're going through life, you get a trigger, you respond in a negative way, you, you've created some destruction, um, you feel guilty about it, you, you feel shameful about it, and you go back and you make amends and you tell the person, I'll never do it again until you do it again, right? And then the cycle continues to spiral and it gets worse and worse and worse. So you you describe the destructive anger cycle in, in each of its stages as it, as it unfolds, right? So, uh, but to get to your question around trauma, this is where the forgiveness part, right? That, um, uh, you know, trauma... Trauma is an interesting word, especially in uh, you know, the field of psychology and counseling. You're going to get a variety of uh, opinions on it. But uh, we'll just suffice it to say that uh, you know, trauma can be um, simple or complex. So uh, a simple is like you're, you, you were in a car wreck, right? And so that you know, a life-threatening experience is going to cause trauma to you both physically and psychologically. Complex trauma is... is mild to moderate um, abuses that you've endured throughout your life um, that doesn't have that immediate, you know, pinpoint, oh my gosh, my life was in jeopardy here, uh, but they can be both equally devastating. It's only been recently that uh, complex trauma has, has been recognized to be on the same level as, as simple trauma. So I just want to throw that out there. But um, trauma is, is in the past, right? And uh, there's a variety of things that need to happen to help somebody heal from trauma but you know how trauma is related to linked to anger it's it's that it's that source of that festering wound right and in, in those cases uh, anger is probably serving uh, initially to protect the person right that when that if that trauma is reactivated or they get triggered right that anger is about uh, creating distance right it's about it's about uh, letting this thing know or this environment know hey don't mess with me Right. And uh, it can be an overreaction. You know, it's like the idea that you see a bear, if you're in the park and you see a bear, yeah, you're going to run like hell to get away with it, to get away from it. Right. But if everything that you see is equates to a bear and you're running away all the time, well, that's trauma. Right. That becomes problematic. So that's that's what I would say. Hopefully that made some sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's some real practice. I mean, I, I love the pragmatic approach and and you know to take uh dan's idea out of context you know anger can become a solvable problem like uh, you know absolutely. i i i absolutely have um been on the receiving end uh, or or you know been on on the the uh 
the expressing end of uh, not being able to, to manage or control my anger. And, uh, you, you know, it, sometimes it takes um, a, a, a significant, you know, catastrophic life event for you to, to face that, but it doesn't have to. Um, that was my experience. I would, I would encourage you all to avoid that. And so if, if someone wanted to take a proactive step and uh, investigate your programs as we're, you know, wrapping up here, um, Nick, how, how do people get in touch with you? How do they learn more about anger resolution? And where can they go to learn more about you and, and the difference that you're making? Yeah, so there's probably two major sources of, of resources or content that people could uh, tap into. One is my YouTube channel. So it's Anger Resolution on YouTube. You'll see my face there. And the other one is my Facebook group. And so if you go to angerresolution.xyz, it'll funnel you to, to those resources. It'll, it'll actually funnel you to my Facebook group. Um, but I also have a YouTube channel as well that I basically give my whole roadmap. My, all three phases is there laid out step by step. And so it's, it's all there if somebody wanted to and DIY themselves through the program for sure. Yeah. And just uh, just to encourage people that uh, go the DIY route, I think Dr. Nick could help you find the resources you needed if you wanted to expedite and catalyze that process by um, having a, a trusted uh, guide and fellow traveler uh, shepherd you through that process. Uh, it's always easier when, when you're leveraging um, access. And uh, um, so, yeah. Vivica, take us this home. Is this is all fascinating. I feel like we could talk to Nick for another hour or two, and 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 I'd still need therapy next week. But um, <laughs> I, I I appreciate it. I think um, you know, all insightful stuff. The forgiveness thing was huge. You know, I, I remember talking to my sister one day about something my dad and I was like, I forgive that guy every day, <laughs> right? Like, forgiveness is huge. I I don't hold grudges ever. Um, it's just, it's not worth the energy, right? People, you never know what they were going through at the time. So forgiveness, I think is definitely more for us than for the, the other party. Right. So, so I think that was, that was huge, but, um, yeah, thanks, Nick. I, I appreciate your, your time and I look forward to, uh, to going down your rabbit hole. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> yeah. And I think we, uh, we, as Vivica indicated, we, we have not finished uh, this conversation. So to be taken up uh, another time and we appreciate all of you who are tuning in live and saw some nice comments coming in. I tried to put those up as they were coming in. You can continue the conversation in the comments. If you have a reflection that you want to share about something you learned, an aha lesson or takeaway, drop it in the comments, extra bonus points. If you do it as a six word update, if you have a question, uh, you know, for Dr. Nick, some, uh, then please drop that in as well. Vivica, always a pleasure. I will see you uh, next Thursday. We have Jake Anderson in the hot seat, I mean, in the guest seat. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you then. All right, guys. All right, thank you.